Hey kids, it is me, Hashi Robots. We're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're gonna take a look at a musical I saw. We're gonna we're gonna talk about soup. We got the top five soups of all the time and space. It's gonna be great. But, but until, until we can get, get there, there Grandma's Grandma kicked that bitch. Okay, I see robot. All my Scorpios in the house. So this goes out to you. Everyone say Scorpio. Scorpio. This is world's famous with IC robot. Alright man, we are back one time for your mind. This is me, IC Robot. I I went to the local junior college the other week and I saw a musical performance by the by a group of local players. It was a play that went by the name of the SpongeBob musical, and I want to say that it was absolutely delightful. I I myself, I have never been to a musical. I've been to like high school things, but this is, this is like 10 times above the level of like a normal, like high school presentation. Now this isn't quite, this isn't quite the Broadway presentation, but this is like, this is like a pro-am level musical. You know, they have not only like school students, they have like people from, people from the surrounding areas. There's like open tryouts. You don't have to be a student to do this. You can be like, you can be anyone. There's adults, there's kids in it. It was, it was delightful. Now I myself, I am not like a giant SpongeBob aficionado. I do like Spongebob as much as like a casual observer does. When the kid was grown up there was like, there was seemingly Spongebob on the TV every time the TV was on. The TV wasn't on all that much. We weren't those kind of parents, but when it was on we found things like Spongebob to be like fun things that you could watch. So I've seen my fair share of Spongebob over the years and I know I know all the main characters. I might not know the minutia, but I know I know the basic storyline. So when I saw that the school was putting on this performance of the uh, the SpongeBob musical, I saw it in in the newspaper. The local newspaper read an article about it, and they said how great it was. And I saw that tickets were only twenty bucks. So I'm just like telling the wife, "Let's go." So one Saturday night, one date night, we went down to the theater at the school, and we saw it. Man, it was it was so cool. The the basic idea of the story is that there is a volcano popping up in Bikini Bottom. That's where they that's where they all live and the volcano is going to destroy everybody, kill everyone, just wreck the whole place and the people cannot decide what to do. Some people want to like run, some people want to stay, some people want to attack outsiders, feeling that like these xenophobic thoughts might be uh, on point, but um they they eventually all come together, and there's beautiful music and songs and performances. I can't express how much I love this. I had such a good time. The kid who played SpongeBob was dynamite. You, you might be wondering like what they look like. They weren't, they weren't wearing like big foam like mascot outfits or anything. The kid who played SpongeBob was wearing like a, you know, like a t-shirt, like how Sponge, like a, a Hawaiian shirt rather. That like the sort of like SpongeBob would wear and he had shorts and suspenders and shoes dressed just, just like, like SpongeBob Sponge with like blonde hair, blonde wig. And then Patrick was wearing like all pink kind of clothes. You know, he had like a, like a Hawaiian shirt, a pink Hawaiian shirt, and like a pink undershirt, pink shorts, pink shoes. And then like a pink wig that kind of like came up into a point. Cause you know, he's a, he's a sea star. It was, it was really fun, man. I know I keep saying how fun it was, but like, I just get like, I get super excited even thinking about it. I, I've never, I've never not never gone to see anything like this, like I, like I said earlier. So it's, it just filled me with joy and it filled me with happiness. And while I was, 
while I was watching it, I was also kind of tripping out because it's interesting to think. Now, I go to see a lot of movies, go to the movies all the time. I went to the movies yesterday. I saw a movie called The Menu. It was really cool. If you're if you're any kind of like a scary movie aficionado, this one, this one definitely is cool. I saw that. I saw Wakanda. I saw The Fablemans. I thought they were all really fun this past weekend. But um, this this was very similar in that there's people performing, but, like, every once in a while, it kind of hits you right in the face that these are, like, real people really performing the show right in front of you. And that's, like, that's like a total trip out. And I realize, obviously, you dummy, these are real people because you're going to see a uh, theater performance. But, like, seeing so many movies, I'm used to just, like, seeing things moving around on the screen. And then, like, every once in a while, it would hit me, like, that's a real person. That Squidward right there is a real person. Squidward was played by a very talented gal. She had an awesome musical number. Probably the best number in the whole entire thing, if I'm being honest. I wish I wish I had the playbill around here. I could have sworn that I did, but I don't seem to. But it was it was great, man. Where is that? I could have sworn I had it. Like where where would it have gone? I'm ill prepared for this segment, but that's that's the truth for just about every segment I've ever done in the history of the show. I just sit down and I talk about it. So I don't know, dude. I'm ill-prepared as a as a journalist. But if you if you get the chance to partake in local theater, I highly I highly recommend it. When you when you see somebody of like, you know, a college like pro am caliber, they're they're so much better than you would ever believe they are. We're kind of led in life to believe that like only the major league entertainment, only like the top of the top, only Broadway has any merit. But that is not true in any way. There are so many talented people out there. All, all kinds, kinds of great, great local, local bands, 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 all kinds of great, great local, local plays, plays, all kinds of great local, local whatever. So please, I, I cannot I cannot state this with like un- enough in- enough enthusiasm. Do things around you. Do things around your neighborhood. These are these are important because doing the local event makes your your you know, your locality more powerful. It makes it more potent. It makes it more lively. It's just it's a positive in every sense. If you want to have like culture around you, you have to you have to try to take part in this culture. You can't you can't just like leave your town and go to the big city. And I'm sure some of you guys live in big cities, and that's all fine because then the big city stuff is your local culture. But like for us, you can't take all the stuff. Like you can't always go to the city. You can't always go to San Jose to like take in these events. There are events all around you that need your support and they need your love. Take part in those. SpongeBob plays great if you get the chance to see it. You should definitely do so. Let's, uh, I went two minutes too long, and I apologize. This, this segment was slotted for five, but it's going almost seven. I'm going to, I'm going to come right back, and we're going to open up some stuff, and it will be joyous. This is Icy Robots Radio. The bright light from a distant star. And now we move on. For Icy Robots shall open a pair of brand new Star Trek Discovery action figures. Number one, make it so. Oops, wrong show. Yeah, I do believe that is the wrong show, but all Star Trek is good Star Trek. I love me Star Trek. It's probably my favoriteest thing of all the of all the entertainment properties out there. Star Trek guides my life every day, much like I am to you, the bright light from a distant star. Star Trek is that to me. If somebody if somebody asked me what my political leanings were, I would say, bro. Watch Star Trek. That's what your boy wants. I want the world of the Starfleet Federation and all that stuff. But I, I was over at Target. I was at Target the other day and I saw these. Let me, um, I've got to reach away. I am so far from the microphone right now. I don't even know how my earphone cords stretch this far. Let me, uh, 
let me get these. I have two figures right here in my hands, and these have been sitting around my office for a little while, and I'm itching to get into them. I have the brand new Playmate Star Trek Universe Discovery Figures, Michael Burnham, the science officer, and Commander Saru, the, the top two characters on Star Trek Discovery, which is a show I enjoy quite a bit. Shout out. Shout out to everyone out there who loves Star Trek. Shout out to Earl Green. Shout out to Revenger Labar. Shout out to uh, the Nerdy Blogger. Everybody out there who likes the Trek, you get a big bow wow. These these figures are a takeoff on the old Playmate action figures. Those were like, those were some really cool Trek figures, man. I got a lot of those in my collection. My collection is nothing compared to uh, Lamar the Revengers, but it's pretty... It's pretty darn good, quite honestly. Let's uh, let's get into these though. Well, let's let's take a look at the card back. The card back has three sets of figures. Then in the first wave, there are a grand total of three, six, seven, eight, three classic Trek, three Star Trek Next Gen, and then two Discoveries. You got Khan, you got Admiral Kirk, and Captain Spock. These are from the movies. These are movie series. Then you got Next Gen. You got Riker, Picard, and Data. When I was at the store. I saw Khan, I saw Kirk, and I saw Spock. I didn't see, no wait, I did see Picard, but I didn't see Data, I didn't see Riker, and I saw these two discoveries, and I I went for self, dude. I grabbed these up, and I brought them home. Star Trek Universe. All kinds of fun stuff coming out. Let's, let's just get into these, man. These are like the same scale as the old Star Trek Playmates, so these guys can join your crews and they can just hang out with those guys and it will be fun and hopefully hopefully this discovery line does well and maybe we get like a discovery bridge or something like that let's let's sit saru off to the side he's held down by two rubber bands and i can snip through those with the vidal sassoon snippity snips he's a bit taller than a playmate because as you know saru is a bit taller then an average Star Trek human being like you or I, he, let's see, he has kind of hooves. He has very interesting feet. He is an alien. He's played by Doug Jones, who's a very nice person. Good thing he has a stand, honestly, because I do not know how well Saru is going to stand up on his own. He has articulation at the elbow. He is very stiff. When you get these figures, they're very stiff, but uh, the plastic is kind of pliable, so I'm not worried about breaking him. He has elbows, wrists shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles, wrists, and head. Very articulated figure. He comes with a stand that is in the shape of a Starfleet emblem. He has a couple little implements with him, some sort of a, some sort of an alien blade, and then he has like a communicator. And these are colored black. They aren't like bright neon pink, like the original Star Star Trek Playmates. I can't get the uh, I can't get the phaser out. Let's throw that aside. I got it. We're gonna sit him right here. He goes onto a stand very well. I'm glad that he has a stand. It's nice to have a stand. It gives you so many more like fun posing options. I I'm in love with this figure. I'm not even gonna lie. He's really great. Let's put the blaster in his hand. Fits in pretty good. He's holding it holding it very well and then let's put the uh, communicator in his other hand he's holding it it's in there i i don't know if i would display him with the communicator i might put that away just to just to be safe but quite honestly this figure is really neat the head sculpt of saru is very much on point saru is 
a really cool character, man. If you're watching Star Trek Discovery, you know it's been a lot of fun watching the growth of Saru and the uh, growth of his people. Really great stuff. I know that uh, a lot of people are divisive on Discovery, but I, I think it's delightful. I like that. I like the one with Captain Pike. I'm not the biggest fan of Picard. I don't... I don't think it's that awesome. But again, any trick is good trick. I'm watching it. I've watched every episode in hopes that it'll get better. And they're teasing Moriarty from next gen for next season. So that's definitely something to look forward to, honestly. Let's um let's pull Burnham out of here. Burnham is played by Sonequa Martin Green, who you might know from The Walking Dead. She uh she was killed in the war. Never made it. I don't know. I dropped her uh, communicator, but we'll get that later. We can pick that up in a bit. Honestly, we should probably pick it up right now just to be on the safe side because it is small and it will get brushed aside. Let me out. There it is. I found it. I got it. Ugh. Let me bring it back up here. I had to use the flashlight on my um, on my fizzity phone. Burnham. Same deal. This is Science Officer Burnham from the first season. She has kind of that high top fade, like she's MC Search back in the days of third base. It looks good on her, though. I'm not. I'm not going to front. I'm not stunting. I'm not stunting on her at all. It looks looks pretty cool. I like how it kind of peaks at the front, so it's sort of it looks high tech. She has a book. She has a book that is very small. Let's see if I can even read this. Um, oh, this is Alice in Wonderland. She loans this to a Tilly, as I recall, and they. They're astounded that she still has a book. She has the same articulation as Saru, so we don't have to go over that. The fingers and hands are kind of a soft plastic, so they can hold their accessories fairly well. You're not, like, at risk of breaking them, but neither one can hold the communicator that awesomely. But Burnham, Burnham can do a passable job. If you just, like, had this sitting on your desk, it wouldn't be much of a concern as far as, like, losing it or breaking it. It's going to... It's going to stay on. But no, she's really tight, man. Really dope. I like it a lot. These were only $12.99 at the store, which I which I feel is a very nice price point. No one's going to sweat spending $12.99 if you see if you see a really cool Star Trek figure and these are these are definitely cool. Of the two, I would have to say the Saru is probably the cooler one just cuz just cuz he's like a big alien freakazoid, but I do think that the uh the Burnham face sculpt is pretty good. You can tell that it's Michael Burnham. You can definitely tell that that's Sonequa Martin-Green. Shout out to uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. You're one of my favorites. I think she's my favorite character on the show. I um I like her. I like Stamet. I like uh I like them all, man. They're they're a very likable crew. I'm gonna say I, I enjoy the crew of Discovery. I think I think it's neat to see, and it's hopefully in the future we'll get to see see some stories with various different crew members. They don't all have to be uh, Sonequa, Martin, and Saru, but it's still fine. Nobody, you know, nobody's gonna, no one's gonna front on a Saru adventure. Let me, um, I'm gonna keep the cards. I might snip this half. I like to sometimes snip the cards and use them as bookmarks. It's kind of fun. You stick them in a book. What I do with the bookmark is I read the book and then I leave the bookmark in there in the back and hopefully, like, someday I discover it and I go, oh, I remember... When I bought that Saru figure, I remember when I was reading that John Ringo using that Saru figure as the uh, as the bookmark, but that's fun. These are great. If you see these at your Target, if you see these at your Walmart, I would say get them. The price point is fine for what you're uh, for what you're getting. Very much on point. Let's set these aside. We gotta we gotta move forward. This one went long too. I 
I don't know what's going on, man. I'm running at the mouth. So, uh, let's go. We're going to find out. Derek's coming in right now. We're going to learn a little bit about uh, Japanese League Baseball. Derek, take it away. This week in Japanese League Baseball. Let's take a continued look at Kaz Kana's charity work in the postseason. Last week Kaz healed a drop-off for long-snouted pugs and received 10 pugs as donations. All had snouts longer than 2 inches in length. Kaz is a strong advocate for the dogs despite being the worst player in the entire Japanese league. Last season he dropped 15 easy pop flies and once slid into the dugout thinking it was home plate. He failed to make contact in 37 consecutive at-bats but is considered a really nice guy behind the scenes. Let's take a second to appreciate a terrible ball player but really cool guy. Kaz Kana, we salute you. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. Now we move on to serious topics. Soup. This is a list of IC Robot's top 5 soups. Buckle up. I don't know if you guys have been outside lately, but it's starting to get a little bit cold. And when it's in this season before the full-on winter drops on your neck, it is what I like to call soup season. Meaning it's the perfect time to sit inside and eat a nice cup slash bowl of soup. I I myself have grown into into being like a soup guy in, in, in my older age. When I was younger, you know, I would eat the Campbell's and I would eat the stuff, but I never, I never not never considered myself like a soup guy. But now I think that I'm like, I'm like full on soup. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that the wife really enjoys making a soup. She likes the idea of like, of like making a soup in the crock pot or whatever, in the pressure cooker or whatever, and just being, just being able to like start it in the morning and then eat it in the night. It's very, it's very nice. It kind of, it kind of heats up the house. Kind of gives the house a nice smell. Soup. Soup is good food, as our friends over at Campbell's would want you to know. Let's let's just jump into this. We're going to go ahead. We're going to list my five top soups of all the times and all the space. When I say soup, we are going to, we're going to include everything in this category. We're going to, you know, soups, consommes, gazpachos, anything that is kind of like a soup-like thing is on the board. We're gonna, we're gonna have a good time with this. It's really gonna be a who, dude. Who doesn't, who doesn't like a nice soup? I'm sure we all have our phase. Let's, uh, let's get that jump off jumping. Derek, what is number five? Number five. Plain old vegetable soup. I like it when it has little alphabets in it. My dude, I like that too. I love a good vegetable slash alphabet soup. This was one of my, this is one of my early Campbell's favorites. But now, now as a grown up man, I, I go for like the homemade veggies. What I, what I mean by this is you're like tomato based, you know, your red based soup with like a various like sliced up carrots, sliced up potatoes, peas, you know, all these, all these little things floating around. And sometimes it'll have little vegetables if you're really... If you're really like Johnny on the spot, this is, this is a great soup, man. It's nice because you can kind of, you can kind of like take things that you, that you already have in the fridge and sort of like give them a new life. You know, you heat them all together with some nice tomato sauce and dude, it is so good. Nothing, nothing better than like sitting down, getting like a big mug, like a big oversized mug of like steaming vegetable soup. You know, you get some, you get some saltine crackers and you, you dip them in. What's, what's your cracker 
of preference when it comes to soup. I like, I like, you know, just the standard square saltines, but I also really like oyster crackers, those, those little small circular crackers. Back when we, back when we lived in Illinois, oyster crackers were the move. That was what we had all the time. We got soup and the oyster crackers all together. But, but when we moved to California, for some reason, the, the oyster crackers were at first a little hard to find. We've, We've noticed they've, they've kind of, you know, they've come into their own in most normal grocery stores, but they weren't like as prevalent as they were in Illinois. So we, we switched over to saltines. The, the thing about a saltine is, you know, they come in, they come in those nice tubes, you know, and then you, you open them up and you eat your crackers and they're crisp and they're delicious. They're just, they're just amazing. But then the next day they are not amazing at all. Crackers go from like 100% to like 15% in a matter of hours, but that is neither here nor there. The soup that we use on these crackers is, of course, vegetable, and it is great. Do you guys call it vegetable, or do you call it alphabet? If you have the alphabets in it, which which do you call it? I, I always call the Campbell's the alphabet. If we make it at home, then it is, you know, straight-up vegetables, unless, of course... There is the alphabets in there, and then which, of course, it becomes alphabet soup. So number five on the list is good old vegetable alphabet. Derek, what is, uh, what's number four? Number four. Beef stew. I love a stew. It's good food when you are trying to put on weight for sports and stuff. The number four soup on the list is, in fact, a soup known as stew. Beef stew is so great. When I was... When I was a young sprat, looking back into the days of Campbell's, I loved the chunky beef soup so much. And now as an adult, I love homemade beef stew so much. Uh, Derek, I, I tasked you with this ahead of time. Can you please tell us the difference between a soup and a stew? Of course. Bro, I'm ready. A stew is a combination of solid food ingredients that have been cooked in liquid and served in the resultant gravy. A stew needs to have raw ingredients added to the gravy. Ingredients in a stew can include any combination of vegetables and may include meat, especially tougher meats suitable for slow cooking, such as beef, pork, lamb, poultry, sausages, and seafood. While water can be used as the stew cooking liquid, stock is also common. A small amount of red wine is sometimes added for flavor. Seasoning and flavorings may also be added. Stews are typically cooked at a relatively low temperature, simmered, not boiled, allowing flavors to mingle. Derek, that was absolutely perfect. Anytime I ever ask you to do anything, you come through way more than anyone ever had the right to expect. You're going to make it someday, bro. You're going to make it someday in this uh, wild and wacky uh, online radio gig. But any, anywho... Mankind's love affair with stew goes all the way back to the 4th century into feudal Japan where this was made over cooking pots with, with samurais fist fighting and all these things. I don't know anything about that, but I do know that the origins of stew go all the way back to the 4th century uh, in Japan, which is which is really cool, man. It just goes to show that like this has been a friend of ours for as long as man has been friends with food. Beef stew is just great. It's another one that goes awesome with crackers. It also goes well with bread. It probably goes better with bread. You kind of... You kind of dip your crust into the stew and you, you eat. Oh, it's just, it is just so good. When you've had like, when you've had like a hard day's working and you come home and you, you get like a big, big bowl of stew. I am telling you, my guys, nothing beats that. Well, I guess, I guess there are a few things that do beat that because it's only the number four soup. Let's, let's jump ahead. We're going to find out what is number three. Derek, take it away. You're invaluable in this. Number three. 
Corn chowder. Corn chowder? I don't know about that one, bro. Derek, my dude, usually we agree about things, like, I would say, like, 99% of the time we, we agree about things, but, dude, corn chowder is absolutely fantastic. I love it so much. I I feel like I, that, that we have it at the house maybe, maybe, like, once every two weeks. It's just, it's an absolutely delightful soup. Corn chowder is a thick, cream-based soup or chowder. It is similar to New England clam chowder with corn used in place or of a substitute for clams in the recipe. Basic ingredients in corn chowder include corn, chopped onion and celery, milk or cream, butter, flour, salt and pepper. The the real secret though, you got to you got to get some bacon for the top. You get either like bacon bits or you or you know you make some crispy bacon and you just you pop it on the top. It is so great. I I actually factually had a dream about corn chowder one time. I'm not even kidding. I had this I had this weird dream that I was at home eating it, and then when I woke up for the for the morning, I asked the wife, I said, hey, do you think that you could make corn chowder? Because I just had some crazy dream in which I was eating corn chowder. And she's like, I, I've i never really thought about it, but I guess so. So she went and she looked up some kind of a recipe, and she made it. And it was, it was so great. I'm not even kidding. It had, like, potatoes in it, and I was just... It was so good. Normally, normally I don't really enjoy potatoes in soup. That's just kind of a personal thing to me. I think that they can be fine, but a lot of times I, I don't feel like they, they mix in that well. In like a stew, obviously, they go in. But like in, in, in a chowder type soup, they, they sometimes are a little too firm. But this, but this corn chowder recipe she found was just so amazingly great. As I, as I learned just a few minutes ago on the good old Wikipedia, corn chowder dates back to like 1884 in the United States. That's the first time it ever appeared. It appeared in the Boston Cookbook, authored by Mary Lincoln of the Boston Cooking School. And ever since then, it's been on like Vietnam. It first appeared as a Campbell soup. In the 70s, as we know, soup is good food. It is just, it's just a delightful, hearty, hearty soup. And you know what? Corn is sweet, so it has this nice sweet flavor, and it's creamy, and it has salty bacon. Just, just absolutely delightful. Let's, uh, let's move forward. But before we do, let's take a quick break and hear from Gerard Dipperdu and the Council for Tasty Food and Healthy Soup, I think is what it is, but I, I can't recall. It's a PSA. Let's go. Hello, this is Noted Cinema Star Gérard de Bardeux, reminding you to maintain healthy eating habits. Maybe instead of an American hamburger and milkshake with fries and a side of nuggets, consider eating a nice slice of quiche or a bowl of pumpkin soup. You cannot go wrong with pumpkin soup. Try it with a piece of sourdough bread or maybe a handful of croutons. Either way you can't go wrong. If someone offers you some pumpkin soup, put down the filet of fish and McDonald's land cookies and say yes. This has been a message from the Council for Good Tasty Food and Healthy Habits. We now return you to the list. Number 2 Tomato soup. That is a good one, dude. Let me tell you a little bit about it really quick. Tomato soup is a soup with tomatoes as the primary ingredient. It can be served hot or cold, and may be made in a variety of ways. It may be smooth in texture, and there are also recipes that include chunks of tomato, cream, chicken or vegetable stock, 
vermicelli, chunks of other vegetables and meatballs. Derek, that was awesome. I really do appreciate that. Tomato soup is so good. Eating tomato soup with like a grilled cheese sandwich is one of the delights of life. When you have a life, you know, your life is fine. You have a good time. Things are great. But when you when you sit down and you have like a nice bowl of tomato soup and you have a great grilled cheese sandwich on the side, man, you are living a life that is far better than any life you deserve to live. And I don't care how nice of a person you are. This is this is beyond the scope of good. It is just so great. I, I've i come to understand that tomato soup first popped up in like 1857. It was in a book called The New Cookery Book by Joseph Campbell. Not the Joseph Campbell you know. A different Joseph Campbell. But then in 1897, it started to uh, get a higher popularity when it, when it became like a condensed canned soup that people started getting into. As I understand it, Tomato is Campbell's number one soup flavor, and that that says it all, dude. When you're talking about soups, when you're the number one over at the Camp Factory, you're you're doing all right. I myself, I do not go for like a creamy tomato soup as much as I go for like what would essentially be. I guess it's like a tomato puree, to be honest. It's just like it's just like squished up tomatoes with like you know various seasonings in it. Back in the day, we used to go to this place called Andy's Produce out in Sebastopol. It's this really great little produce stand, and they have they have like all these little uh, little containers of like home mixed sort of like seasonings and stuff. And they sell this pizza seasoning that we love. It is so great. I don't I don't know what's in it. I'm not even lying, but like it is. It just it makes your pizza taste so good. And if you get this stuff. And you put it on top of your tomato soup, man. Your socks will fly off. Your shoes will fly off. You'll like, you'll launch out of your trainers and land on your head. It is so good. Let's uh, let's move forward. I mean, that's an amazing soup. What in the world could possibly be better than that? Number one. The best soup ever. It's Pozole Amigo. Let's learn a little more about it. Pozole is a traditional soup or stew from Mexican cuisine. It is made from hominy with meat, and can be seasoned and garnished with shredded lettuce or cabbage, chili peppers, onion, garlic, radishes, avocado, salsa or limes. Derek, my dude, I hate to correct you, but it is actually factually pronounced pozole, not pozole, but it's, it's all good in the hood, man. I don't, I don't hate when it comes to these things, dude, when it's a word in a foreign tongue, if you don't get it correctly, hey man, how are you, how are you supposed to be expected to, you know, but pozole is the, the best, best soup of all the soups in the history of the soup. I love it so much. We have it around here, like, so often. At first, it started off as kind of like, kind of like a celebratory food of sorts. We would have it on, like, holidays, or if we had, like, family from the old country here, or whatever, but it has just become, like, just like a regular part of our diet. The wife will the wife will head off to work and she'll put some uh, pozole in the crock pot and it'll simmer all day and then we'll we'll eat it when she comes back. It's so great, dude. You get cabbage, you throw it on the top. You get radishes, you throw them on the top and then you just like, you eat it. It is, oh, it is so good. I wish I had some right now. There are, there are like a different varietals of uh, pozole. We, we go for kind of like the more like, the, I guess you call it the white, the blanco. It's like, it's kind of clear or whatever, and it has chicken in it. But there's also like a green version and like a red version. They're all, they're all very good. I think it all just kind of depends on like where you come from and how you were brought up or whatever. We go, we go for that straight chicken colored kind. But man, 
The red is great too. The red a lot of times will have pork in it and we we usually go for the chicken. I do like pork. Pork is really great, but man, such such a good stuff. What I what I like about it is the hominy, the corn, the maize. It's like it's like normal corn, but it's kind of it's kind of bigger, you know, and it's even bigger more so because it's been it's been soaking in soup all day. My guys, if you live on the West Coast, go get yourself some pozole right now. I don't I know that it's available over on the East Coast, but I do kind of doubt the quality of like the Middle America or the uh the East Coast pozole, but you know, I'm wrong about these things a lot of times, dude. People immigrate to places all around the nation, so you never know. You might find the best pasoli you've ever had in your life in uh, Michigan. You might find the best pasoli you've ever had in your life in Indiana or Delaware. I know not. I I myself, I've only ever had California pasoli, so I don't even know. But uh, at, at any rate, the, the pasoli is a 16th century dish, as far as people know. As long as they have been cultivating maize, they have been making the pasoli. It is just... It's just so good, dude. I can't even, I can't even, I'm just, right now, my mouth is watering. I'm getting sick thinking about it. I gotta, I'm gonna have to go get some. I might ask, ax, I might ax the, uh, the old wife if she can make us some, uh, puzzle. But, uh, there you go, guys. Those are my favorite soups of all the times in space. But there are a million billion good soups out there. Why don't we, why don't we give some quick soup shoutouts? Taika Waititi. Big shout out to chicken noodle soup. Big shout out to wonton soup, to hot and sour soup. Big shout out to minestrone Italian wedding soup. Big shout out to all these great soups out there in the world. We got lentil soup, New England clam chowder, French onion soup is awesome. Chicken tortilla soup is dynamite. Bread soup, can't go wrong with that. Avocado soup, barley soup, beef and barley soup, bird nest soup, all kinds of soup. You got borscht, you got them all, man. Let's give a big shout out to all the great soups around the world. You do it for the fame, we do it for the cause. That's why we're real living and you're just Mr. Movie Montage. You are just another gas face victim. I see robots, let's take it home. They have had more than enough. Alright, this is me, Izzy Robots, and we're getting ready to take it home. Cool cats. Uh let's let's see if there's anything crucial before we before we get out of here. I was I was over at Canavari's, one of my favorite local delicatessens. I was having a meatball sandwich. I was sitting there eating the sandwich. I I had the um the Bohemian, which is a local little uh a local rag, a local newspaper, and I saw that they had the SpongeBob musical on the front, and I was just like, oh let's Let's see what they had to say about it. And I opened it up and I read the review and they gave it a very scathing review. And I was like, you know what, guys, that is so mean. These are like, these are like people, like unpaid people who are going out there and they're making, making a really fun play just for like, just for like, uh, you know, giggles. And, and you're in the, in the newspaper saying that you didn't think the singing was that great. And you thought that the dancing was a little amateurish. All I gotta say to this is not cool at all, Bohemian. In any way, you guys, you jerks, you're all just a bunch of gas face victims. Yeah, that's not cool, man. I get it. You gotta be a critic. You think you're super important. You write for some free local newspaper. But why you wanna go and slag? 
Like, just, I don't know, volunteers, man. Volunteers who are out there trying to make the world better. You could have, you could have been kinder with your words, but on, on the flippy flip, my meatball sub was amazing. If you live in the Santa Rosa area, go over to Canavari's. It's great. They, uh, they have just, I don't know, man, really, really good stuff. The people in there are nice, too. Um, let's, uh, let's see if there's anything else going on. I don't, I don't really think so. It's been... It's been a little rainy, it's been a little cold, it was really cold this morning, dude. When I went outside to get the newspaper, man, there was like, not the bohemian, not that rag. It was a totally different rag, but I, I went out there to grab that. There was like frost on everything. I understand some of you guys got the snow going on. It's, it's got a, you know, it's a soup season, as it were. I, I was still thinking about soup. Remember, um, like Mrs. Grass condensed soup? It would come in like a packet, and you put the packet in the water, and it would uh, turn into soup. I... I was always obsessed with it. Um, it had, like, you know, the powder and the, uh, the you know, the pasta and stuff. But then there was, like, a little golden orb that was inside the mixings that would, like, melt into the water. And, and that was, that was, like, the super seasoned part. I was always obsessed with that orb. I always, always wanted to get a hold of one to uh, give to my G.I. Joe so they could use it as some kind of, some kind of prize in a Cobra's Weather Dominator saga or, or so, something like that. But... Mrs. Grass was dope. Powdered uh, French onion soup was really good. It was cool because you could take that stuff and mix it into like sour cream or whatever. And then uh, you would have you would have like French onion dip for your ridged potato chips. Good stuff there. You could also put in like hamburger meat. Remember they pushed that in commercials for a long time. You could use the uh, French onion powder in your in your hamburger meat to make like delicious onion burgers. Hey, Joe, where are the onions for my burger? It's good onions. Stay inside. We made it with Lipton Onion Soup Mix. Why don't you just use onions? Because Lipton makes a burger taste better. Lipton's special blend of seasonings and toasted onion pieces turn your burgers into super onion burgers. Great burger. Hey, Joe, where are the onions? They're inside. Oh. Soup up your burgers with Lipton. When I was younger, we would barbecue quite a bit, and I would see these commercials with Jason Alexander, like, extolling the virtues of making onion burgers. And I would talk my parents into it, and then they would do it, and then, like, my uncle and my cousins would all come over and eat these burgers, and they'd be like, yo, why do these burgers taste all weird, man? They wouldn't be like... They wouldn't be as compliant as the guys in the uh, Lipton commercial, but I, I don't know, man. I'm like all you guys. I fall, I fall easily for these kind of advertising things, but I, I myself, I got to admit, I did enjoy the taste of the, the Lipton burger. I'm not even, I'm not even going to lie. I'm a, I'm not really like a super fan of like real life onions. They kind of, they kind of upset my stomach, but I do like, like fake onion flavors. You know, your, your canned French onion soups and things like that, but it's all, it's all fine, man. Life is life is full of fun things for you to enjoy. So let's see. We've covered soup. We've covered Lipton burgers. Do you do you remember those things called soup starters that you would get back in the back in the day? And it would be like all kinds of like dehydrated vegetables and stuff that you would add. It probably it has like the thickening agents, and you would add like your own beef, and it would turn it into um into like a like a stew. Those. Those were really popular around my house. I had folks that both worked, and these were one of the things they could make that was, like, really easy and also, like, really tasteful and, like, you know, somewhat, like, relatively, relatively wholesome and healthy. In this family, I cook for one who's hard to please. Mm, smells good. <laughs> and one who's hard to please and hard to fill. Soup starter fixins of rich stock, swimming with noodles, celery, carrots, lots of good veggies. Just add fresh meat. And soup starter makes a meal in itself. Tastes good going down. 
Sure feels good when it gets there. Soup starter. A great tasting meal. Yeah, I I remember this like very distinctly. This was one of the meals that I would I would help uh, make. It was it was a kit. Like you would just like follow the instructions and, and put the things in, and then eventually you would have like a soup or a stew. And I would I would take part. I would help cook this, and it was always always fun, dude. Soup is good food. Soup is in. Soup is in all of our hearts, all of our souls. I I think I'm gonna get up out of here. I think this has been a fun show. I, I really do appreciate you guys tuning in. I know I know that if you guys are show Patreons, that I've been slacking on the uh, Patreon content lately, and I hope that you can stick with me. I, I've lost a couple guys along the way, but I hope that you guys can stick with me. It's, it's just, it's really hard. I put a lot of time and effort into this show. I really, I really do, and I hope that, I hope that it shows. And then I have the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, and I put a lot, a lot, a lot of time into that as well. I try to put out, like, I try to put, like, really good, high-quality shows, and I think that I, I do succeed more often than not, and it's hard, it's hard to, on top of those shows, to do, like, other more shows. So I hope that, I hope that you Patreons can stick with me. I really do. I, I've been saddened. A couple guys have dropped off along the way, and that, that really hurts my soul, man. It hurts me deep inside that, uh, you're no longer with your boy, Icy Robots, but I, I hope that maybe someday that you can come back and you can, you can join us and that... You'll find space in, in, in your heart for me again, and I uh, hope you're not too disappointed in my lack of lack of Patreon content, but I, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I feel like I'm working on these shows and doing these things, like, all the time. It feels like this is all I do sometimes, but it's fine, because I don't, I don't really mind. I think it's a, a worthwhile hobby. Please try to remember that it is, in fact, a hobby, so I, I hope you can stick with me. Uh, I... I am going to, uh, be going Ghost Protocol in a couple days. I am getting a... I'm getting surgery. Uh, it's not... Nothing major. Don't worry at all. Not life-threatening in any way. I'm not sick. I just, uh... I gotta get some stuff taken care of, so I'm getting getting my guts all ripped apart. And I'll... I'll be away from the, uh... From the tweets. From the hive. For a little bit. But, uh... I'll... I'll be back as soon as I can. But until that day comes... Please, um... Please pray. Please play... Please, uh... But until that day comes, please think positive thoughts about your guy, IC Robots. Don't worry, nothing life-threatening. I'm not ill in any way. But um, I, I want you to respect my medical privacy, even though I'm the one that brought it up. But at, <laughs> at any rate, uh, I, I've got too much testosterone. I'm having my, um, I'm getting a testosterone-lowering agent because I'm too, too strong and too macho. But at any rate, I, I hope that you guys stick with me. Uh, I hope that everything is going well for you guys. And until we meet again, this is the Super Robot saying, if you don't like what's going on in the news, feel free to go out there and make some of your I um, am bringing the organ. And you know I got to have that. want a mystery some people listen then say we're whack but if they miss the show they get the heart attack now look at you you're sitting there biting your lip the whole world sees you as a hypocrite live out the first law and make yourself preservation if the show doesn't help you change the station if you don't want peace in the world love peace and happiness in an endless world if all you want to do is keep the whole world back you're the one that's whack and we're world's world's Y'all slick blow. That's right. I see robots radio is a listener supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, 
Consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Incredible strength. Just because he's like a big alien, just because he's like a big alien, just because he's like a big alien freakazoid. I like, I like her. her.